Hello, CSF core group and shift group members. Welcome back to our Ephesians curriculum podcast. This week we are doing week five. This is Landon here with Allie. Hey guys. And we are going to work through Ephesians 3. Um, you know, Allie, I really felt like we were just like kind of slowly moving there. We were like really dragging our feet through Ephesians 1 and now it's just like go time. We're really starting to move move through this book and uh, are almost to the halfway point. Um, so last week, maybe if you want to recap me where we've been and where we're headed into. Um, yeah, so last week, um, Ephesians 2, I think just to summarize it a little bit, um, is really just like a great picture of like without Jesus, like we couldn't do anything. Like he gives us the power to love him. He gives us like the power to overcome sin. And yeah, and also just like the note of like sin doesn't play any any favorites or like there's nobody who's like exempt from that. Um, it's just really important to remember, I think, as we live out the mission of faith and just like as we receive love from Jesus. So Yeah, and I think it's important to remember too that like all of this is is building on itself, right? Um, like we're going somewhere and, um, you know, we even see Ephesians 3 begins with like for this reason. Uh, and so I think that's important to remember of like we're going somewhere. These, you know, these weeks are all building on one another. Um, so remember to kind of be zooming out and looking holistically um, at each of the weeks of curriculum. Yeah, so um, to jump into this week with Ephesians 3, um, just a little bit more context for this week um, to remember. So like the church of Ephesus um, was very centrally located and it was a port town. And so it was really important um, or that geographical kind of um, blessing, I guess, um, is really important to note because the whole of Asia was able to hear like the gospel and the word of God because of where they were located. It was kind of like a catalyst or like a ripple effect because people would leave there after hearing the word of God and go out and share it. And so Acts, um, even expresses that the whole of Asia was able to hear the word of God. And so, um, yeah. And so that's kind of just like an important like parallelism with campus because we also are able to just reach the world, um, through what happens here. So yeah, it's just like a fun little note context wise. I love that. Cool. So as you dove into Ephesians three specifically, um, what really jumped out, what got you fired up about this, um, this scripture? Um, so I will just say this passage for me was really obscure at first when I read through it, I had to really, um, kind of dive deep a little bit. Um, but I think what's really important or what really stands out Um, And I, yeah, Paul is praying over us in the second half of um, this chapter and um, just remembering that like Paul is such a good example. Like even Corinthians says like we can follow Paul's example um, because he was such a great (laughs) apostle and follower of Jesus. Um, And so, yeah, I think something that personally stood out to me is his posture of reverence. Like he says um, in the second half, um, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Um, and so he's just like on his knees praying for all like the family of believers um, that he's ministering to and that he wants to experience like the love of Christ and like the power that um, we're able to receive. And so, yeah, I just think knowing that he is a good example and like little things like that. Or he even says like, I'm the, 
less than the least of all God's people. And at first that sounds kind of like self-demeaning or like a little bit of self-hatred, but no, he's just like, he's lowered himself so much. And that is how God is able to use him the way that he does. And it's like, oh, if we could all just walk in that posture of humility, but it's, it's so hard. But knowing that I think when we kind of take ourselves and like our mess out of it and just really lower ourselves and just say, okay, God, like, can you use me for this? And he does. That's so great. Yeah. So I think a big, even, you know, overall theme of Ephesians is kind of this theme of unity and that we have to walk together. And I think that so much of what you're talking about, um, and so much of like having an understanding of God's humility, like having a a posture of humility and understanding just like having a reverence for God, um, I think actually helps us to function in community in a more healthy way. Um, cause like we understand our place within like God's greater story. Um, so if you want to talk even a bit about like the interconnectedness of that and even what that looks like, uh, in, in groups this week. Um, yeah. So I think again, just like off of a, a posture of humility, like what you're saying, just kind of like the mission of faith or like, how can we, um, yeah, I don't know exactly how you phrase your question, but we'll keep going. Um, but the first thought that came to my head was just like, when we're like in a reverent and humble position, like we're not constantly thinking of ourselves. And so I think that means we're able to love like the people in our groups and the people on campus, the people in our classes, like so much better. Um, because we're in a place of loving and caring for them and not out of like selfish ambition or, um, pride or self pity. Like, yeah, you're just able to love people so much better. That's good. Um, so yeah, kind of even dying, diving in even deeper. Um, what were some other things that maybe popped up from the passage? Other good, um, just places for discussion from, uh, from the text. So, um, something else that's really cool about, or that's mentioned in Ephesians three is Paul will say like, um, the mysteries have been made known to, to those who like live in Christ. And so at first you're like mysteries of God, what? Um, but mysteries, so the Greek word is mysterion and, um, that means it's referred to a truth into which someone has been initiated. And so through Jesus, we're initiated into like a kingdom family, um, into the body of Christ. And so through him and through his blood, like we get to know the mysteries of God. And I think that just paints like again, the picture of unity, like we're all in this um, body together and he's working and like revealing things to all of us. Um, And so we have like a mutual understanding of like this mission and what we've received. And I think like even a picture of like when I first came and worked at CSF, I was like, oh, like I had never worked in a Christian environment before, you know, I was in food service and whatever, but people just understanding like it was such a picture of the body of Christ that people were so forgiving. Like if I messed up, they were forgiving. And I think that, and I had to receive that forgiveness, but just that picture of like working together and understanding that like we have this eternal mindset and yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think that, you know, that, that word mystery and how much it comes up in the first half of the text is maybe a potential minefield as we head into discussion because it gives off like this vibe of like, I don't know, exclusivity or something like that. Yeah, or just something that's really obscure, but that's totally not <laughs> no. what it means. And it's like, I think the the mystery piece, and I think that, you know, you brought this out really well in the leader's guide was just that um, there was, 
I don't know, like the, there was a, an awaited Messiah, right. That we hear about in the old Testament, like Christ, you know, there's a, we don't know it's Christ, but we know there's a Messiah that's coming. Um, and there's this assumption that's going to be, um, more of like a political, you know, Messiah who's going to, you know, just take the nation Israel and make them a good, this great and powerful nation. Um, when really it's a surprise, you know, Jesus is coming in to invite all people in. And so it's just mysterious the way that God works, you know, in ways that we don't expect him to. Um, so it's one of the cool, cool parts of this week. Um, but then also there's like people who, you know, we know who, you know, the, the gospel is still a mystery to. And so I think there's even like a challenge in this week to, um, to go out and share that mystery with others. Yeah. And that's kind of, um, that is kind of like the, the third message of, um, this chapter that we kind of can tie in of just like what it is to just be on mission. Um, because Paul was in prison he was in house arrest at this time and he says even like you should be honored um that i am suffering like for y'all um like he is doing that willingly because he knows like the weight of what um his work is doing and so yeah um, i think it just spurs on like just the urgency of the gospel um to just yeah live life on mission and i've even been thinking about this a lot um this week of just like you know, I work at CSF and my job is vocational ministry, but how can I be on mission in Lexington? Like when I'm at the grocery store or when I'm out eating with friends, you know, like how can I um, just be on mission and sharing the gospel always? Or I think the quote that's been kind of like floating around recently is like, share the gospel always, use words if necessary. Like how should our actions be always an example of Christ? And so, yeah. Yeah. I even think about like, is it uh is it Spider Man where it's like with great power comes great responsibility? I don't know, sure. <laughs> uh we'll go with that. I'm not the the biggest movie buff. But just that that thought of like um I think Paul understands he's like, you know, God has revealed this mysterious plan to me. Like he's revealed his gospel to me. And because of that, like there's something asked of me. Um and it's not just this like, oh great, like I know God's plan mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna go, you know, shout it from the rooftops. Um he understands that like because um, God has given him both the insight into who he is uh, and the understanding of like how Paul's individually gifted um, that he gets to to live out of that place and uh, he gets to live out of the truth of who Christ is uh, and then also like I don't know just like bring his kingdom come through his ability to um, to preach to to Jews and Gentiles um, so I think we've hit the mystery piece well I think we fit kind of that um, that posture of even reverence to God that we kind of see in the middle portion. Um, what would you say that we're to make of this like prayer that we see again? Because we've already seen a prayer from Paul to the Ephesians in Ephesians 1. And he's kind of doubling down here um, in Ephesians 3. And we see this really beautiful um, scripture, you know, in, in verse 18, where it says that you may have the power to understand, um, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Um, and this is probably one of the more famous um, pieces of scripture and really just a powerful, powerful picture. Uh, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on this portion of, of Ephesians 3. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I have some notes even in like my own Bible of just like to be Just known. to like paint a visual here <laughs> and just to, so you know how much Allie has exhausted this text. Like she's like the, the pages have literally fallen out of her Bible and they're just sitting here on the table uh, completely separate from her, from her Bible. So um, trust that you're in good hands and that Allie has... Uh, 
just done about, the work to set us up this week. Just about all of Ephesians 3 is highlighted, underlined, or circled. So you really just can't miss a gem <laughs> in this <laughs> passage. But I have a note out to the side of just like um, to be known and rooted in love. And I think Ephesians as a whole does a good part of speaking to a little bit of the identity that we need to have in Christ. Um, and I think to be known and rooted in love, like some of this language in this prayer um, just really speaks to like the depth of, of what Jesus did and how much even just like there is a responsibility in doing the work to just like have a heart to receive these things and then go out and help others receive those things. Um, but yeah, it really is a beautiful prayer. And I think one of the things that we talked about um, with the other prayer um, that that Paul said earlier <laughs> um, is like, if you can pray this like over somebody else or like yeah. over the other people in your life to receive this and like, or if you can replace um, like from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. Like if you can replace, you know, the vague parts that he's addressing, like with someone specific or with your family or like a professor, you know, like if you can be at a place where you're praying these things over those people, like, you know, when you're missing the words, like that is so beautiful. Like, and this is, this captures so well and so much of like what there is for us. Um, and just like, it gives all the glory to God. It talks about all the generations like ahead of us. Like, um, so yeah, I would even encourage you all to, to pick a couple people to just like speak this over, um, continuously for the week or so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this leads us to, to intercession naturally. And even, I think that it gives us the words to pray because it's sometimes hard mm-hmm. to even have the words. And so I think these are really, um, good words that we can hold to and words that we can even also receive for ourselves. Um, I mean, I love that like in verse 16, as he's starting this prayer, he says, um, that from his, that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Um, and I don't know what, this is the NLT, but just, I love that vision of inner strength. Um, because I think it's so easy to go out into the world as people who, um, you know, need validation or need to receive something from the world. And, uh, I think if we can, and, you know, then we're just searching for other people and other things to fill us. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if we have that inner strength, that inner fulfillment, um, through the spirit, through this unlimited, um, just generosity from the Lord, um, if we know who we are, then we can step into, um, I don't know, in, into every other relationship we have, we can be people who give, right? We can be people who are generous and not people who are just, you know, constantly looking to receive, receive, mm-hmm. receive. And I think something else that just stood out to me in verse 19, it says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, um, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Like, I think that's just a good reminder of like, you don't have to have everything about like this faith and in this life, like figured out. But if you receive and know the love of God and you're rooted in that then like I don't know I think we should just have so much peace about that like you can just rest in knowing who God is and what he's done for you um and then I think the rest just kind of like unfolds as it should if you're in that posture with him so yeah it's just like that posture of like Lord I want more Mm -hmm. um because even in verse 19 he's like you won't understand it fully yeah. You know, he's like, 
you know, and, and that's part of the beauty of it is like, you know, there's something, there's something about um, when we begin to understand God and his love for us that we just have this longing to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just this longing that will never fully be satisfied until we're, you know, on the other side and uh, on the other side of this life. And um, so I think there's there's something almost comforting in that or like, you know, there, there'll always be more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that even I think ties in with some of the just posture of humility, like, God, you're so great that I don't even fully understand you. Um, but also that there's just always more of, of him available to us. Mm-hmm. If we had that heart posture that you're talking about yeah. of Lord, I just, I just want more of you. Yeah. And that's just crazy to think about. <laughs> so cool. So as we think about, um, you know, got coming out of group this week, uh, even good, like practical application, uh, as we move out of Ephesians three, um, because this is really like kind of the midway point, um, you know, this, you know, one through three is kind of Paul setting this like theological groundwork. Um, and then in four through six, we're going to get into a lot of like, Hey, here's how we go and live this out. Um, so what would you say for, as we are hitting this halfway point, as we finish Ephesians three, um, what do you think some application steps maybe look like out of, out of this, uh, scripture? Um, so the, the application point for this week, um, that I'm really excited about because, so I'll just explain it first. Um, it is to just spend time like kneeling or like on your face, like praying before the Lord, like yeah. in your time of prayer, just posture yourself in like a lowness and in a reverent posture. Um, and I think something that's really cool about this is just like sometimes when our body goes before us and like, you know, presents ourselves in a way like the Lord just has a way of like rearranging things in your heart and like just meeting you in that posture. And it's really just like a grace of him, but, and just getting in the practice of just like really like kneeling before the Lord or being on your face and just contending and interceding in prayer is just like such a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, I just have like personal experiences where I've been like prompted to just be on my knees and he's just graceful and kind enough to just meet me in that posture yeah um so yeah that's really good i think there's even some interconnectedness that may not seem obvious but with even like the the sex conversation that we had at synergy or some of the theology of the body conversations of like what we do with our bodies matters mm-hmm. um we're not just you know brains on a stick we don't just like think <laughs> about god yeah um there's also this like just holistic like i don't know we experience him through like the whole of our being mm-hmm. you know so there's like i need to honor him like you know, in my sex life or I need to honor him, you know, by what I'm putting into my body because my body's a temple. But like, there's also this like, no, my body can like actually lead me yeah. into, into a certain posture. Um, you know, I think that we see this with, you know, the way that we, you know, posture our bodies in worship or um, the way Josiah is jumping around during a worship yeah, set. I love that. <laughs> um, but there's also that, that posture of humility that I think is really good that um, just even being on our knees in prayer. And if that feels uncomfortable, like, I mean, I mean, maybe that's even something you practice like communally as a group. I don't know. Maybe that's mm-hmm. awkward. Um, no, I thought about shout out to my core group girls. I have thought about having us just like all, um, laid out in prayer for a little bit at group. But I think, you know, if something of like, if fear of judgment or like, if you're afraid to look silly or sound silly, if that's what's stopping you, then I really just encourage you to push past that and yeah. allow yourself to just like physically even like enter into the presence of God by like kneeling before him. Um, yeah. Sweet. Well, Allie, thank you so much for your work. Um, thank you for hopping on and sharing some good wisdom with us. And we hope you all have an amazing week of group. We'll catch you next time. Yep, see you guys.